Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Oh, hello, you just uh, found me playing my piano. I can only play the top bit, though. Uh, I'm here at the Bristol Old Vic. This is the beautiful set for Rahalasta Park. It's stupid, really, we paid for this. We can, can only use it in this one theatre. We're insane. Anyway, welcome to another Rahalasta Park this week with Sarah Barron. Good, with Sarah Barron. And it's a really good one. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we are still on tour. Go to richchang.com slash gigs, rahalastapa.co.uk slash gigs. You can find out what guests we've got coming up and where we're going. Lots of fantastic shows to come up with brilliant guests like Limmy and Grayson Perry and Sarah Pascoe. I said all those last week. I can't think of anyone else right now. Uh, but it's going to be fun. And some surprise super ones on the way as well. I tried to get Paul McCartney this week. Didn't work out, but, you know, maybe one day. It wasn't a complete no, let's just say that. So, yeah, please come and see us live. It really will help us out and uh, help us to make more Rahalastabas. Thanks very much for watching. Go to gofasterstrike.com to buy all your emergency question books. And now let's sit back, relax, and enjoy Sarah Barron on Rahalastaba. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to King's Place Theatre. Please welcome a man who does not send his children to public school. They're not old enough yet. It's Richard Herring! (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Referencing something got cut from last week. Uh, you're much better than last week's audience as well, little prick. So, um, especially the people who left. Uh, but uh, here we are. Uh, we're, this is Richard Herring's Liquidising Solid Turds podcast. Uh, it's a new direction. You've got to do... There's so many podcasts now. You need to come up with a new angle. What we do, we get the guest to poo in a, a jar. And we try and get that... Over the course of the podcast, we try to liquidise that into, you know, well, liquid... <laughs> so it's not no longer solid. You can then flush it down a shower drain if you want. <laughs> Why did I admit that bit? Why has that stayed in last week's podcast? Anyway, but I was hanging out on platform nine of King's Cross Station uh, the other day. Uh, it's with a man who's trying to dig up the skeleton of Bodicea so he can have sex with it. He told me and it's, it's, it was a missed opportunity with Richard III, wasn't it? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, is that cheating to have sex with the Bodicea? I don't know if it is. It's dead already, it's fine. Uh, anyway, he calls it Rahela Stavas. I don't know if that's going to catch on. Um, yeah, so um, oh, King's Cross, uh, I should tell you, seeing we are not by King's Cross, I'd like to do a little bit of local material. Uh, London is the London Underground passengers are most likely to be victims of racially or religiously aggravated abuse at King's Cross Station. <laughs> uh, there were 1,960 hate crimes on the tube between 2015 and 2017. 57 of them were in King's Cross. So if you want to be religiously or racially abused, <laughs> that's the place to go. It's good to be proud of something. That's the. Uh, that's, it's good to know that that's coming. It's got a lot worse since Brexit for some reason. I can't really connect the dots on that. I don't know what's happening. What's going on there? Uh, so uh, I thought you'd like to know that about King's Cross. It's a horrible place, but you know it's much nicer than it used to be. That's the. Imagine what it was like before. Uh, I, some of us still remember those those dark days. Uh, there's a very uh, charming young man here. So what's your what's your name, sir? Lawrence. Lawrence. Very charming. I was. You went to public school, didn't you, Lawrence? I can tell from your bearing. It's fine. It's all right. We we discussed that last week, and it is absolutely fine. Um, what do you do for a living, Lawrence? You can't work in IT. You went to public school. You have got a proper job, haven't you? You're a lawyer. See that? See that's what I want. That's the kind of quality I'm after. Are you scum? You'll all be gone once Brexit happens. You're all out of here, mate. You're all lawyers. Uh, and uh, what's the best? Uh, what kind of law- lawyering do you do? You get criminals off. Uh, you get your public school friends off. <laughs> Banking charges, crimes. What? what, what? Your public sector, that's nice. What is, the, what is the worst criminal you've ever got to be found innocent of a crime that they definitely did? Probably not allowed to say. Uh, so, thinking about it, probably not allowed to say. So, uh, you're very welcome. Lawyers, eh? It's the suit, isn't it? It's the suit. You heard about the suit. It's all changing here. It's realistable. You're weak. You're a weak audience. I'm going back. I'm going back. I'm going back to the, out into the country where they love me. I was rude about them last week. You wouldn't know that. You weren't here. <laughs> Stop getting away with it. Anyway, uh, this week's guest uh, is probably best known for featuring repeated, featuring repeatedly as an audience cutaway in the Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV VHS release. <laughs> And her husband texted me that piece of information this afternoon, uh, just as I was struggling to find anything to introduce her with. So I'm very happy with that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sarah Barron! Come in. Sarah Barron, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. So tell me about um, Jerry Springer, Too Hot to, to, for too TV. Too Hot for TV. So when I was um, 17, well, I grew up in suburban Chicago. And so, which is where Rick Ferris Bueller's Day Off is yes. set, of course. 
And so at 17, my best friend and I in high school were like, what thing should, we're going to have like a, his name was Shale. And it was like, let's have a Sarah and Shale's day off. Okay. And so we decided that we would go downtown and watch an episode of the Jerry Springer show. And I'm, I give great face as okay. an audience member, right? Like I'm really, or like if you want me to look at photos of your kid or your wedding or whatever, I'm like, <gasps> like I really <laughs> perform for people. Yeah. And I was, because I'm a pleaser. And so basically, I wasn't aware of this until like a year later when the video came out, is people started being like, Sarah, I'm watching the Jerry Springer Too Hot for TV video, and I think you're on it in the audience. <laughs> so I bought the tape, and it's just cutaways to me constantly, like when people are doing a lot of things, yeah. being like... <laughs> and the, you could tell these cameramen were like, the girl with the red hair. I mean, we got to stay on her. And that was my claim to fame. Wow. Thanks. That is a really good claim to fame, though. Well, I mean, it's terrible. It's but, you know, good. these 17-year-olds being like, let's laugh at people. I mean, it was terrible, actually, yeah. but, you know, fine. So you're going in a, a postmodern, ironic fashion, and then you ended up becoming part of the very yeah, thing. Yeah, that I was mocking. Wow. Yeah. There's a lesson there somewhere. Can we make me more likable through the remainder of the interview? <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I hope not. I hope not. I like, I like, I like that about you. Um, well, look, there's lots to talk about. Like, I, I, what, what is very interesting is I first met you uh, on a play date, I think, with our children. We went to, we went to the zoo yeah. in a, six, a group of six of us. Yeah. Went to a, on a zoo date together. And, and I knew you were a writer, but I didn't know you were a stand-up. And you sort of had done stand-up years before, right? I did. So when I was 22, I, was li- I lived in New York up until like 2012, which is when I moved here. And I did stand up for six months when I was 22, which was recently. <laughs> and um, do you know how sad it is that that can get a laugh from a big room of people? Because I'm not <laughs> close to any of you. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. <clears throat> I just turned 40. Anyway, um, so I was 22 and I did stand up for six months. And it was so terrible. <clears throat> like, I really loved it, but it was the worst thing that I'd ever put myself through. Yeah. And, um, like, I would sort of finish doing it and then immediately dread. Like, I would only gig once a week or something. And I would, like, it would just be countdown to misery until the next time I had to get up on stage. And so I stopped doing it. And it was just this, like, little cancer in there for whatever it was from 22 to 35 when I started it up again. Of, like, like I didn't watch any stand-up or I wouldn't when I, my husband is British, which is why I live here. And he when we were dating and I was still in New York, he'd be like, oh, you're coming in August. Like, let's go to the Fringe. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, it's too depressing to me right. to watch people do this thing. And then when I was 35, I felt ready again. And I started trying. Okay. Here. Here. Yeah. But I saw, I saw you, because the, the, I'd, I'd been out with you a couple of times, and then I, on Facebook there was a clip of you telling a story. I think you used to do a thing called The Moth, which oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe aware of as a uh, storytelling podcast. Yeah, like a storytelling organization. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this phenomenal routine about um, your husband's previous partner. Yeah. Like, it's really worth having a look at if you can find it online. And, and I just went, I can't, fucking hell, you're like, this is an amazing... And I wasn't even really aware you'd performed at that stage. And then you had this incredible... When, when was that recorded? Because that was in so America. That was, so I used to work as a writer and as like a promo for that I did this. So does the, does the moth ring a bell for you guys? No? But anyway, it's like a, it's a thing in the States. Oh, this is going to be something that I'm going to be uncomfortable saying, but I'll say it. Is that like, it's this huge storytelling thing in the States. And it's like, you guys, 
share your story. And I was like, good luck in England, bitches. Good luck. Because that's such an American, like whatever your story is, tell your story. And I was like, ready to watch it crash and burn. And like, you guys love it too. So, (laughs) Um, but so it's it's a storytelling organization. It's really popular. I've worked with them for a long time. So it was a story sort of that I wanted because they have a huge listenership. So, and they, like, I just like telling gross, filthy, dirty stories. And they were like, but what's your story? (laughs) Give us a big in and we'll put you on our podcast. And I was like, what's my big story? And so my, and you know, some of this is in the story, some isn't. But basically when I met my husband, he was in another relationship. Um, And she, his ex was very present in our relationship when we got together because they shared a dog together which is really cool (laughs) so it's sort of about that journey namaste that she and I (laughs) that's what it's about but it's it's it was such a it was such a phenomenally well told story and and really funny oh thanks I thought god this this woman's really funny and then you went to Edinburgh the next summer and got nominated for the best newcomer in Edinburgh. I went, oh, okay, blimey, I, I had no but, idea. First of all, thank you. But second of all, what I thought this year, which because I'm writing a second hour, which when you go up for the second time, you're like, I don't fucking know how to do this shit in here. I'm going <laughs> to kill myself. And I was like, whatever, I got my dog story. Back pocket. Use your dog story. People are like, Sarah, that's so funny. Mm, I'll use my dog story. And then I've been trying to do it in a stand-up environment, and it's crashing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because the joke rate isn't, isn't there. And it was like that audience... They weren't. They hadn't had any comedy that night, so I got up and was like, "Hey guys!" And they were like, <laughs> "Whereas like a stand-up audience is like, what you got?" And I was like, "Nothing, just a story. See you later, bye." But maybe in Edinburgh, see, I think an Edinburgh audience is more like that audience that would have listened to that. Yes, and what I'm thinking is maybe like I think that story because I tried like really it's been the last month that we've been like, all right, I got 40 minutes, we got to get this shit up to 60. Let's get the dog story in, and I was like, nah, it doesn't work. So because it's. That was like a 14-minute story, and really, my story with her is like longer than that. Really, yeah, maybe so maybe, a show in maybe there's well, a show of, in there. It, well, it's an interesting. Not many people talk about that, and that is a weird thing. A the transition between two relationships. So when I, I my, when I met my wife, uh, she was with somebody else, and he in fact invited me. If you read my book, How Not to Grow Up, it changed Ricky Wilson's life. Uh, is, uh, cool. uh, you know, he, he invited me, he was a fan of mine, invited me to come and speak at his university, and I only went, <gasps> I went because I'd met Katie once before and I really Wait. liked her. how long had they been together when you met Like Katie? ages, seven, how- seven years, eight years. Okay, seven, fine. Years, and was she in university? She no, 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 no. Okay, she, I mean, I know you're older, dude, but <laughs> come on. Okay. Okay, so right. So there so, yeah. was. She, he was working at the university, and she was. And she was, he was doing, a starting fan new of yours. Yeah. So I kind of, I sort of, the relationship was going to end anyway. <laughs> Eventually, nothing, nothing lasts forever. One of them would have died. Right. Well, so would have died. Uh, it was. It was on. You know. It was on the way out. I didn't. But but that. One to ten. One tra- to ten. Yeah. What was his pain level when she left him for <laughs> you, and you were a celeb? I think he was disappointed to lose me. Yes, yeah. but 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 <laughs> how much of a joke is that? Totally. Uh, no, a joke? he was upset. He was he was obviously upset. But then that is that is his fault for inviting me. To, it, he, it, <laughs> he used he used Katie's back. He said, "Oh, you met because I met Katie at a gig uh, like about a year before this." 
And I, and I really liked her. I thought she was a great stand-up. But also, I, I was... There was just something there. Like, she was standing beside me for a bit. And I thought, oh, that's not... And then I looked around, and she wasn't there. And I was, like, really... Oh, that's... Re- I'm really disappointed Where's the nice gone. lady? Yeah, but I just I felt really comfortable when she'd been standing there. And we hadn't even... I was talking <gasps> to someone else. And then she'd gone, and I felt really upset. And then she was up in Edinburgh that year, and she said, I might come see your show. And I remember standing at the back of the show... And we'd communicated a bit on uh, social media and stuff. And if you have been together like a decade, uh, is that about right? Yeah, yeah. So I, but I remember, this was before we got together. I remember standing, wait, hope, looking to see her, if she was coming in and being really excited about the idea of her being in. So I'd kind of fallen for her straight away. And so then when I had an opportunity to meet her, we went there and she he took me out for lunch and I was kind of really disappointed that she hadn't turned up for the lunch. Uh, and then, yeah, so it was, a, it was sort of a heartbreaking thing for him. Uh, but it was brilliant for me. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Where is he now? Are they still friends? Or are you uh, guys no, friends? No, 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 they're not. Friends. Any contact that you're aware no, of? Not that I'm aware okay, of, okay, no. okay. I think he lives in another country now. Oh, so, okay, fine. Is uh, he married? Uh, I don't know enough you about You don't care? I, don't I think really this is care. interesting. Fine. Uh, but it's a, it's, an in, it's a thing that people don't talk... Yeah, that's a laugh of recognition because <laughs> it fucking is, but yeah. we'll set But it's an interesting... Okay. I think that is a show because I think that's a really... For you, not me so much. I've read right. a book about it. But uh, it's... It's um, you know it, it, it's, it it's really some, resonates. It's something for that people, everyone yeah. has been through, but and and then to have that weird thing of you know a, a natural reason that you have to keep seeing her. Well, and also what that it was, isn't kids, you know, that's something that's right. And it was also like really, truly, I had always been dumped. Like I had never been the winner in any relationship ever, and so it was sort of about like that I was so ready to be the best woman this woman had ever met. Because, like, well, you've, I mean, you've never met someone so compassionate. You've never met such a giver. I mean, I'm so emotionally aware. You're in such incredible hands. And then I wanted her to die within, like, a month. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and sort of trying to understand what that ugliness was in me when I'm like, no, 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 you're a woman's woman, girl. And I was like, no, you're just an angry bitch, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I think that basically we all are. Yeah. Which is why, hopefully, it was interesting. Yeah, well, it is. I think, and I think that hold on to it. It's a great routine. Thank you. I will. It's a great, and it's a great. I think there's something uh, even bigger in there that, with that one. But uh, it's well, so it's quite. You, 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 you were going to be an actor to begin with. Did you train to be an actor? Is that is that right? Or you yes. Were... And then within, I mean, weeks of graduating with an acting degree, I was like, that was a big mistake because I went in a few auditions, which is the most. Have you ever? If, if you, like, properly auditioned as an actor... Yeah, I've done a few uh, bits and bobs. I mean, I think it's one of the most demoralizing things a person can do. I mean, said, you know, in a white lady way. And, um... <laughs> let's be real. And, um... So very quickly, I was like... And also, like, I'm a little worker bee. Like, I need shit to do. I need to be busy. And I was like, oh, actors have nothing to do. <laughs> Said with respect for the craft, but, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you sit around and wait, and then maybe you get a job. And I was like, where's the... You know, I'd been in school my whole life. I'm like, where's the... Give me the work. What's the work? What's the work? Yeah. And then I was like, watch some people doing stand-up. And I was like, oh, people say I'm funny. I'll try that. And then I did that, and yeah. it was... Um, the worst thing that I'd ever done. 
So then I got into the moth because it was storytelling. You didn't, frankly, didn't have to be funny. And at the same rate, and then that eventually led to writing. And I had yeah. like a really middling at best career as a writer. Well, I bought your books, but they haven't. They haven't. <gasps> oh, they're so shitty. They haven't they're arrived like really, yet. They're so... really, really like when you're like <laughs> so many people get published these days. You're talking about this one, me. <laughs> like they were very mediocre. And I and this sounds really, really obnoxious, but I was like, I, I really think I can be better. At something than I am at this. Right. You know, I was like, I'm not, like, I, I lucked out. I got these, you know, I kind of was able to write these books because I was riding a bit of a wave and there was like a chiclet thing happening and, you know, I'm great in a meeting, but like, <laughs> my writing wasn't. Well, there's Good. two books. So that I, again, I haven't read them because they haven't turned up from America yet. Yeah, tried of course, to of course. Uh, um, but, uh, but they're just not. I got a nice turn of phrase sometimes, but they're exo- I think I could be like a good like you sh- like I could write a fun column. Yeah. I read a cute what, column, is but that what I don't. They are. They, they collect because it, it sounded. Uh, my one of my favorite writers who's been on this podcast is Jonathan Ames. Yes. And it sounded reading the blurbs. It sounded very Jonathan Amesy. Um, wait, can Which I say I like. thing about Jonathan Ames yeah. also? Because you were talking about, like, you were just sort of stood next to Katie, your wife, and you were like, mm, is that when I went on my first date with my husband, on the second date, I had bought him a Jonathan Ames book, which was called I Love You More Than You Know. Right. And my friends were like, you can't give this dude that book. And I was like, no, 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 he's my husband, it's fine. And it was, it was like, that was how I knew. I know that's cheesy, whatever. But I'm going to say some real shit about him, so that was me being nice at the front. Um, <laughs> thanks. So, um... So, yeah, but I, I mean, I think he's more talented than I am. But, um, yeah, but, they, you know, they were funny stories. So, um, like, God, I mean, I haven't I wrote the second one. Like, it, the second one came out, like, five years ago, so I probably wrote it seven years ago. So, like, I wrote about, like, I found my grandmother's vibrator once. Right. My brother did. My brother did. And so, like, I wrote about my brother finding my grandmother's vibrator or, like, you know, like shit. That's yeah. funny. It yeah, was yeah. funny when it happened, but it's like, do I need to be writing a fucking book? <laughs> I don't know. Stuff like that. You know, about like, like you know, life in New York, whatever. Mistaken for a transvestite at the age of twelve. Is that was that one of the stories? Oh, what it was. So my mom is like the cheapest person you've ever met. Yeah. Like the bill comes. Oh, her name's Lynn. Lynn, should we split it four ways? Uh uh-uh. uh. Lynn's gonna calculate because you owe two more dollars than she does. Like very cheap lady. And um, I was in a, a middle school, so like 12 years old, and I'd gone through puberty, menstruating, relevant to the story, but we should all be comfortable talking about it. <laughs> and I had to wear like a sanitary pad, and she, we were supposed to be wearing leotards, and anyway, she wouldn't buy me a leotard for the school play. She put me in like one of her old bathing suits. <laughs> so I'm 12, not <laughs> the gazelle that you see today, and um, there's a sanitary pad and a swimsuit. And it's in, I don't, it's, it's the opening montage of Guys and Dolls, which if you've seen the film, it's like, it's New York, it's New York. So there are all these people, and I was, this is, this shit does not age well. But I was like playing in like a, like a Japanese tourist. Right. Different times. Okay. <sighs> so I'm in a kimono and some shit's not great um, in terms of appropriation and sanitary pad and my kimono came undone and one of the kids in the front row yelled that chick's got a dick because I was packing I was packing uh, I was in a school play called Dazzle which is a musical based uh, on and it, loads of schools did it at the same time because there was actually costumes you would that travelled the country as each school did it you rented uh, the costumes oh god it was based on a Star Trek 
parody, and I was Sam Galactic, which was, was the Captain Kirk part. Is that like so lead? Yeah, but then there was. I mean, like this is nineteen. This is the early nineteen eighties, and and it, and it was still being done. I looked online; it's still being done. And there was a cat. The the doctor character was I can't remember who he was called, but he did because he, he was in Bones in Star Trek. He was a black character who was in Dembones, 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 and there was uh, the Sulu character was eating chop suey and all that. It was like really. Good I think he might be called. I think he might be called Chop Suey. Uh, and uh, it was the most racist thing you've ever... I mean, it was sort of that 70s vibe. But people, schools were... I've mentioned it before, and then people go, yeah, I did that in 1997. Jeez. Fucking hell. I mean, it was terrible enough, even in Somerset in 1984, whenever I did it, that this, <laughs> this was allowed to happen. But, uh, yeah, it was good. I got to kiss we're living girls, and so. learning. Um, I gave my wife uh, Jonathan Ames's books as well. Did in, you? Uh, one, How one far in were you gave her? Really early on as well. I didn't didn't strike me that I was giving her, but I knew that I was. When you know, I, you know. I knew anyway. It's such so. a cheesy thing to say, but it's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, well, I look forward to the books. I'm going to read them and I'll let Do you know. You I'll won't let you know. And don't. If you, I think everyone should go and buy them. They're called yeah, the Harmin Asking, yeah. and people are unappealing. You can get them on Amazon. You have to buy them from America. Costs eight pounds to have them sent over. There's, more, there's five copies of each left at the moment. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> it's really helpful for Thank me. Thank you. Um, and my, your husband was very helpful um, texting me some ideas to talk to you about. And these things oh. I didn't know about. He, he wanted you to talk about the plumbing in your flat when you first met. This is, uh, this is putting a lot of pressure on him to know what's interesting, which the man does not. I think it's, in- I think it's, I think it's interesting, this one. I mean, I don't even know. Does he want me to talk about washing my feet? Well, that was one of them. There was another thing as well but that this was is worse. Honestly, I swear to God, it's like, see if you can say horrendous shit to people and still convince them that you're likable instead of a lunatic. Like, <laughs> the plumbing in my, I lived in this apartment in Bushwick and it was, um, like it was, it was my bachelorette pad and it was like my beautiful place for these years before he ruined my life. <laughs> And, um, but the bathroom was catastrophic. So the toilet didn't work. There are two things. Do you want me to talk about shitting in a bag? Yes, yeah, it was, of course. So two things would happen. One, and just, I know it's disgusting, but I am really, like I have disgusting things about me, so these are two of them. So (laughs) basically, in the, the New York in the summer gets, so hot and I'm my mother's daughter so I'm really cheap so I would have one air conditioning unit and just like stay in there and just sweat profusely in other parts of my house she'd keep all the windows open I would get a nice cross breeze this also meant a lot of dust and debris came in so if you were walking around my flat barefoot within a half an hour the soles of your feet would be black (laughs) and I decided cleverly so if you have to wash your feet let's say you're not a flexible lady and you gotta wash your feet ten times a day how are you going to do it? You're going to put them in the sink? No. You're not going to put them in the sink. I made a habit of washing my feet in my toilet. <laughs> and you can go fuck yourself if you want to judge me. <laughs> and when my husband saw it, he was like, what the fuck? You meant... I mean, we don't say masturbation anymore, so I'm sorry about that. But, you know, oh, no, he said... <laughs> 
but it was also it's like that's so the core of my being that he needed to know. Yeah. And then the shitting in the bag is actually much more normal. It was that like you basically couldn't shit. It got so bad I had a slumlord like. And I didn't know it was a slumlord. And one of my neighbors who moved into the building on my recommendation, which I never forgave myself for, he moved into the building. They moved in in the dead of winter. So, I mean, it's literally it's sub-zero degrees. And they're like, the, the slumlord's name was Jack. And they were like, hey, Jack, um, it's zero degrees out. Um, and the heat isn't, our stove doesn't work. Or something's like, what are you going to do? Make a lasagna tonight? And they're like... No, but we're paying you $1,500 a month. Like, we need a working oven. So the guy wouldn't fix the fucking toilet and all this stuff. And so it just got to a point where, like, as a... Just so I didn't have to deal with this guy, there would just be a plastic bag in my toilet that I would shit into. Tie it up, put it out on my fire escape, and then put it all in the rubbish at the end of the day. Do you, you feel that also with the movement that I just did with my leg, which was cool, yeah. that I showed a lot of flexibility that disproved the idea that I had to be washing my feet in the toilet? Yeah. I'm actually quite flexible, but yeah. anyway. And I just, and then one day I used to teach writing classes out of my apartment, and one day I forgot to get rid of my shit bags, and I was like watching a student of mine like smoke a cigarette, like this really cool like New York vignette, like, what's up, writing classes, I'm on the fire escape, Manhattan skyline in the background, smoke my cigarette, I was like, her stiletto is very near my shit. <laughs> I mean, imagine if there'd been a fire and you had to use the fire escape, the flat <laughs> like, Ignore the bags of dog <laughs> shit, everybody. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But, you know, I also think, like, the lengths I will go to to avoid interactions with people that I don't want to have. Yeah. And I don't want to fucking talk to that landlord. <laughs> By the way, that wasn't just how I lived, okay? That was something that happened a couple of times <laughs> that I've dialed up for your amusement. <laughs> I once had a girlfriend who we got stuck in a traffic jam. She really needed a wee, uh, and there was nowhere to go in the traffic jam, so she weed in a plastic bag on the back seat, and then we had to carry that bag with us. Cool. It smelled of wee, uh, and and then wait till we got someone. So there's a bag of wee, and it was like a you know a shopping bag. So it's pretty lucky there wasn't any kind of hole in there. And then I the wee think... had to stay in the car till we. Found a parking lot that we could and did tip it, it out. Did it stink up the car? Yeah, of course it did. But it did stay did in the bag. Did that, like, as a man, what did that do to your attraction to her? Um, it was strange to. <laughs> I'm not really into that as a but sexual was it, was thing. Was there an intimacy Some to like, it? Just was sort of odd to. She went in the back seat to wee. So, <laughs> you know, it wasn't that bad. But then I could hear her weeing. You know, I think Were like, you guys laughing when it was yeah, happening? Yeah, no, it was funny. It was, it was fine. And w- but we broke up shortly afterwards. Right. Um, <laughs> we broke up on the drive. So. <laughs> when, when the last drop hit yeah. the plastic. It's nice that your husband felt the need to let me know those. Yeah, I swear to God, it's just like, Sarah, go humiliate yourself and see if you can yeah. make it work. Thank you. <laughs> That's real love. Your husband's been on the podcast. Your husband, I'll say, is Jeff Lloyd. The like they're gonna fucking know who that is. Yeah, he was on with Ed. He's the bloke on with, when Ed Miliband was on. It was exciting. You thought, who's the other bloke? What's he doing? The other that one. That was the one you're married He's the to. The other one. Yeah. And I have to say, you're, when I've been to your gigs, I went to your gig uh, of your last show in the Soho Theatre, and it's the most star-studded audience I've ever seen. You've got a lot of celebrity fans. Or I don't. Friends. I don't. My husband is a star fucker. <laughs> So he has he has two so the, he has two celebrity friends. He's got like 
five or something. And weirdly, two of them were in that night. Because if, if, if you think about this, if you know some people, right, yeah. like celebrity or not, and they're going, we'd like to see your middle-aged wife do her hobby. <laughs> You're like, that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. So if people say to him, like, when can I see Sarah? I'm always like, no, like, I don't want anyone to come see me. And then I got to do some dates at Soho Theater, and it was like, this is the time when people should come. So some of his friends who are famous, yeah. not like crazy famous, but famous enough, all came on the same night. Yeah. And then he works with Ed Miliband. So Ed Miliband came that night. So suddenly I looked really like I don't shit in a bag. <laughs> it's, amazing. it's an amazing show for worse. That's the title of That's the show. That's the title. Ed nominated Best Newcomer. Yes. Um, I mean, there's lots to talk about from that show. Thank you. Um, I don't know. If, I mean, you've done. Is the show? Is that show done and dusted? Is I mean, you know, I'd love for something incredible to happen so that it's not done and dusted. Yeah. But for yeah. Did I, you ever I record it? Is it is it available recorded or you is it is it one of those that's gone into the ether? Well, I mean, it's recorded like on my phone. Right. But I, you know, yeah. So you, we could play that to strangers on the bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I got a nomination. Um, well, yeah, just we're talking a little bit. But I don't want to like blow any of the routines but you did oh you, yeah I'm not too cons- I mean yeah, yeah no don't uh, but uh, well the, I mean the kind of central yeah, part yeah. of it is that as a teenager or a young teenager you wrote pornographic yeah scripts yeah that uh, I want to hear you describe it <laughs> <laughs> that, well they're not it's, they're written from the perspective of someone who hasn't really no understanding what sex is which yeah, is so quite, quite interesting basically when I was like in my early 20s I was so like before there was internet I mean not before there was internet but before you like had your phone and that was all you did and I was home in my parents house and I was like looking through old shit like in my childhood bedroom and I found like I, I found this notebook and I opened it and I completely blanked out the experience of writing it and and then I suddenly remembered and I was like 12 and I'd gone through puberty so you're like Feeling like where I was at at 12 and people are different. And so like I'm feeling the feelings. Puberty's happening. Fine. But like not wanking. Like I didn't know because I have no friends who are like, oh, yeah. And then I figured out what to do with a faucet or like, mm, like I humped up thing. And, and none of those things would have occurred to me. But I'm feeling these feelings and I liked writing diaries. So I sort of started writing this thing and it just transforms itself <laughs> over the course of six pages to like, hey, Becky, are you going to the party this weekend? Yeah, see you there in sexy clothes. Okay. (laughs) To like, give me your dick, put it on my boobs. Like, (laughs) crazy. And I said that to try and get a laugh out of you, but actually what it is, so I don't, I wouldn't use the word dick because that would be too advanced. I would use the word penis, but I would spell it pinus. (laughs) And then for boobs, I, for, for, for boobs. I cut, because I have a three-year-old at home and I breastfed him until he was like one and a half, like I feel like these are just my hands and I hit them like it's nothing and I know it's weird. You're having a very dramatic facial response to that. Okay. You're actually just yawning, which is the most insulting thing. Okay. It's like, I'm kind of turning on the gut. No, he's just bored. Okay, great. Um, so I thought I called them Bob. So the sentence is like, he took his pinus and rubbed it all over her bobs, right? It's like really, really crazy. And it's the funniest thing I've ever done. And so writing a first hour, I was like, and I went up to Edinburgh with, like, no agent, no nuts. So I was like, you get, if you got anything that's going to get you anything, first hour, baby. So I put, it, I put it in. And people always laugh at it because it's the funniest, weirdest thing that's ever happened. No, it's, it's lovely. I mean, it's extraordinary. And, it's extra- it's yeah. extraordinary, right? It's so perverted. But again, it's about that. I think it's, 
it sort of hits a truth that everyone's been through and that people don't really talk about, about that that time when you're right. become, you know, when you're too young for sex, but you are having you sexual feelings. Feel for me, it lasted sexual. like a long, till I was 19. Uh, and then I had sex once and then lasted till I was 20. So it's, you know, it was a long time for me. But it's, it's you know, it, it is that weird and no one's really telling you what you meant. And especially, I suppose, quaintly... Girl. In the past as well, because well, now people woman, know. It's like all like... more weird what's yeah, going yeah. on down there. I was also a virgin until 19, which I think is a cool category. Yes. Because it's like late, but it's not weird. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I like do. It's not like when it's like someone's like 30 <laughs> and they tell you that and you're like, great. <laughs> and on the inside, you're like, oh, how did I get to hear a story? <laughs> what did you used to be? Right. That's always what I think. Um, Christian or obese every time. I'm just saying. Okay, so um, lost the room. I'll get it back. Um, I like I remember also at that age, like I was, ba- you know, it was like that age. You're 12 and you babysit like a nine year old or something like that. And I was at a friend's house and her mom, like she put on when Harry met Sally. And there's like the the coffee shop scene or whatever it is with the orgasm. And she was just like, oh, my mom says I'm not supposed to watch this part. And I remember, so then we watched it, and I like I thought I was going to see some necking or whatever, <laughs> and I just remember watching that and having no idea <laughs> what about watching a woman yell a little bit was sexual or inappropriate, you know. And again, I wasn't eight; I was like twelve or something, and I still didn't understand yeah. what the idea of that was. And in the porn, my, that's what I call it, the porn that I wrote, is that I didn't know what orgasms were. Like I, I like knew. That you felt a thing, and that uh, so in it, in it because I didn't know the term orgasm, all the characters just pee. <laughs> Again, some people would like that. Yeah, that's, that's not me. Not I don't you like with it. the girlfriend in the back, like but it, other people would in be the back. Into it. At least yeah. pee in front of you. Yeah, or yeah. on on or on you. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. <laughs> well, it's, um, and uh, there's also a bit in the show about how men are uh, having sex wrong. And I would like to take issue with it because... Uh, oh, great! I, I do not think you... I think the way that you are describing having sex is the correct way to have sex. You think it is the correct yeah, way to I have do. sex? I do. And I think at least uh, some women like it that way. <laughs> and you say no women like it that way. So you're saying that men should be more gentle and less jack... Well, it's the jack The jack The point of the show is that, like, that... that um, there was a kid, his name... That's his name. That's his actual name. Which I'm, I feel like your audience is largely British, so I'm safe yeah. naming. But when he was, I was at university with him, and I remember, first of all, it was this kid who at 20 would talk about how women peaked at 18. <laughs> and he would talk about women being set, like that, you know, now, now I'm 40, so you, you know, at the time I was a little bit sexy, but now I'm like, oh, fuck. He would talk about, I remember, because we were studying abroad in Ireland, like sat at this fucking place, said with respect to the Irish people in, but this place is really something. And um, we're there and he's like, yeah, you know, like if you're like fucking a girl, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta figure her out to fuck her right, you know? Like you gotta figure this girl out because women are really different. And I just, I didn't even, I didn't think it was a, 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 it was just a moment in my late teenage life that I remembered and then as I got older, and then you talk to women, it's like in every woman who's telling a story about some guy yeah. who knew exactly what to do with her, you're like, oh, right. Every woman wants basically the same thing, <laughs> sexually, on the route to an orgasm. But we act like we're different so that men can feel justified in pounding the shit out of us. <laughs> That's the gist of it, yes. right? Yeah. And you like to pound. I think the pounding is the correct way Katie's to Katie's like, <laughs> give it to me, big daddy. That's the correct. I'll do it slow for a bit. Yeah, exactly. Out of, out of politeness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's not the correct way to No, it's sex. not it's how... It's not yeah. enjoyable, is it? Yeah, no, no. And also, it's about what, how the man feels having sex anyway. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, for, it's for the man. If the woman yeah. gets any residual pressure, yeah. that is just a bonus. Just a bonus. <laughs> oh, no, I've had my, I've had my John Cleese moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think some women do like that. I mean, I, I'm a very, I'm actually very gentle. And oh, I'm a gentle lover. I have no. As doubt. I'm sure you know, because you know my wife. Yeah, and I'm obviously. Sure that's mainly it's what all she talks about. Is <laughs> <laughs> we have like two toddlers running around because the fucking dads can't be bothered. Right? We're just talking about how you make love to your yeah. lovely wife. <laughs> but yeah, I have a question yeah. about that, and I don't know if you can even answer it. But okay. it was something I was thinking about with your weight loss. Yes. Do you feel that it, she finds you more attractive or is that irrelevant? She just wants you to be healthy. I think uh, she doesn't really look at me. Differently, uh, so yeah. She doesn't really know. To be honest, it took her about five months to go, oh, Wait, are you, you doing a lo- thing? You've lost some weight. Right, right. Okay, okay. Um, I'd lost like two and a half stone by that stage. So I think she likes my mind and tries to... She didn't sign up for this hot rod bod, is that what you're yes, saying? Right. I okay. think she tries to look away from my repellent body. Cool. I mean, the thing is, you know, even now, I mean, I call myself thin rich, I'm so fat rich, thin rich thin thing rich. in this podcast, but I am still technically overweight. I'm just no longer technically obese. <laughs> <laughs> According to the BMI, I'm, you know, I'm close to being obese still. You were not obese. Were well, you? I was, I was, well, technically, I was, you know, I, I've only just gone into the overweight category on Have the BMI. You? Yeah. Wow. I'm like 29.6 on the BMI now and 30 is obese. So there's some way to go. When I lost weight last time, I, got, I was about another stone like this. 
Do you, if you were going to win 10 million pounds on your ability to answer this next question correctly, what do you think the likelihood is that this weight will, you will continue with the weight loss and it will stay off for three years or more? Um, I think this time there is a chance and I've lost loads of weight and always put it back on again. Last time, your wife tells me that. The last, the last time, the last time it was because we had kids, though, and then, then I was tired. Well, because of it. this is what I find interesting about your weight loss. Because how yeah. old is your youngest now? Like a, a year? Two. Well, nearly two. The, the youngest months. one is nearly two. Yeah, Twenty months. Yes. Is that I? My husband has put on a lot of weight since we had kids. A uh, kid. That was weird. Um, <laughs> the one he doesn't know about. Oh, so strange. <laughs> um, and I like, and I feel really bad. I feel embarrassed talking about like how much I wish I was losing weight because I'm average, but like I fucking wish I was skinnier because uh, society or whatever. And I, every day I'll be like, all right, this is my day today. Today, no booze, no sugar. We're going lean machine for Edinburgh 2019. Here she comes, fuckers. And then I'm like, oh, my kid's not finishing the pizza. Like as a mom, as a parent, I cannot Find the will to get through the fucking day <laughs> without some carbs and a glass of wine yeah. and just bleh. <laughs> and I, there's a crash, you know, at my leisure center. And every fucking day, I take my kid and I'm like, I put on my gym clothes. I'm like, I'm doing it today. And every day, I'm like, Mm-mm. and then I just like sit and look at the internet for two hours, eat some fucking pizza. Yeah. And I'm really impressed and genuinely confused and probably quite judgmental <laughs> that you're losing weight with a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Yeah, but it's... Like, are you present as a father is my question. Yeah, I am. I am. Because Jeff, my husband was like, you know Rich has lost a lot of weight? And I was like, he's not fucking around as a dad. Like, and I don't really mean that, but how have you found motivation? Uh, because, uh, well, I think not wanting to die is the... Is the well, well, my, because I'm old and my yeah, kids yeah, are yeah. young. And I kind of just thought, I'm going to die... Before they grow old, and that was, and so it's just, and it's, and I don't think it matters. It, whatever weight you are, I absolutely don't care for yourself or other people. It's about just for you know. I want to feel a bit like better. good in your clothes. I want to feel a bit better about myself. I am enjoying being like being able yeah. to wear nicer clothes, yeah. which surprises me. But that's the, that's a nice payoff to it. Yeah. But it's not really about that. It's just I think that's why I think I might hold it off this time. Because maybe I'm not going to drink again. I don't know. I mean, maybe I will. But and the, so, the non-drinking so is related to that. I drank every day in 2018, I would say. I'd say every day yeah. at least. But not loads, but at least yeah, two or three drinks. And then I stopped doing that. I ate so much chocolate last year. I mean, I always had cho- But I've stopped eating chocolate, and that's, that's probably more than the booze, I think. So I haven't had to do all that much. My but, husband's new thing is, like, he, interview, he, he interviewed Nigel Slater right. and learned that Nigel Slater eats, like, a, like, his part of his diet program was eating a yogurt in the morning and a yogurt at night. Right. So my husband started, like, suddenly I was like, Whoa. there were literally, I opened the door, there were, like, 40 yogurts in our refrigerator. <laughs> so he's now doing this yogurt thing, but he's still eating the same amount he always did. And you're yeah. like, great. <laughs> But you can eat loads if you just if you cut out some some yeah, the high calorie things. Is, you can you know, eat loads. Nothing, just... There's nothing more boring than someone else's diet in a way. Yeah. But I also think like I'm. <laughs> no, listen, listen. That's not what I mean. Give me a chance, and I will find something more boring. <laughs> Other people's holidays and diets and exercise so boring. But, um, but, but, but what did I want to say? No, what's interesting to me is how you found the will in the context of me knowing that you have small children and also with Katie, because my husband is like, so, feels so bad. And he's, 
like you wouldn't this he's just a normal looking dude and he feels so bad about like having put on weight since we had a kid and I'm like I want him to lose some weight because a doctor has told that for him and he's not the youngest guy out there either but he's like you must think I'm disgusting I'm disgusting how can you look at my repulsive body and I'm like because I've been doing that shit for eight years. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. There's not, like, when he was two stone lighter, it didn't... Yeah. Well, if that's it doesn't not, matter to it, me. It doesn't matter. That's never, you know, and it re- with my wife, whatever reason she likes yeah. me for, it is... It was never... It wasn't that. That you were on love. Uh, and, dude, I was fat when I met her and actually lost some weight. I've lost some weight subsequently at that, that time, so I didn't do a diet that, that time. But... Um, yeah, no, it's, I think it's, there's some, there is something mentally that has to shift, and that's it. And then yeah, when, and then when, when the shift, happens, when the shift makes, because I've tried loads, I was trying all last year, and I'd lose a bit, and then I'd just put it all back on again and loads more. And then this time there's just been a mental shift, and I don't feel you like... you just do it. I don't feel like it's going to... But something might happen that makes you go, all oh, right, fuck, I'm drinking and I'm eating chocolate again. Yeah, but then yeah, yeah. N- knowing that those are the two main things. I've just, I haven't even been doing it for the last two, two months. Like, I haven't been, like, dieting, but it's, I've still been losing weight. You're a little shit. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I might be, you know, terminally ill. <laughs> it's, been, it's been really easy. And to be honest... It's one of the seven signs. It is one of the seven signs of cancer. Well, it's like people, some people have said to me, oh, you know, I didn't want to say anything in case you were ill. <laughs> and you were like, I'm so flattered. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask you some emergency questions. Okay. Uh, we did some backstage, of course, as uh, members will know. Um... And I said, I said to you when we were backstage that I've lived here six and a half years, so I think I can do moderately well with things that hinge on a cultural reference, but not great. Yeah, well, that's good, though, but then it's, got, it's nice to try. That's what's fun about these, is that you can, you can try. Okay. Um, I don't know, let's not ask about poo. And that's going that's to oh be, be most of them out. Uh, what, what thing do you most regret destroying with fire? Doesn't necessarily have to be fire, but I burnt my. I, I still regret this. I burnt my all my art from school. The Why? Because I, I wasn't very good at art, and so I decided to. That was the only subject I was bad at, and so I got it home, and it obviously represented failure to me. So I burnt it in the garden the minute I got it home. And you really regret having done that? I do now because I'd like to see what I'd done, but also you know, it was it's still an expression of who you are, isn't it? It'd be yeah. Nice to, nice to have it, and it's a really awful thing to to gleefully to burn. Your yeah, own. yeah, yeah. Destroy with fire. I, um, I've never destroyed anything with fire. My favorite fire-related story is that my sister-in-law, who's like miss, like she makes me feel bad, not intentionally, but she's like really good at all the shit I'm bad at, like taxes and like she's on top of shit. And I found out recently that she burned down her bedroom in her own family home <laughs> because she like went to sleep with a candle on. Oh, God, yeah. And that was my favorite. I was like... Fucking do that, you dumb bitch! And that like <laughs> brought me some bit of joy. Yeah, those, those kind of things worry me. Though we got a we got a fire in our house, a fire, like a nice old fireplace. Oh, and do you? you and we you use it. Yeah, we use it last night. It's been cold this oh, June. It's my, it's my least favorite month in this country yeah. because it feels like it should be different, and it's not. Yeah, it's been awful. Yeah, horrible today. Free healthcare, congratulations! But seriously, what the fuck in June? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think it's uh, cheating to, if you're if Jeff would have sex? With a sex robot, would you consider that cheat? No. No. Good. I'm really into sex robots. Are you good? Yeah, I'm and I have this thought, point. and I'm gonna. Re- I don't remember what I said before. Oh, I do remember what I said before, where I really lost the audience, and I think I'll do it again now. But let's try it out. Is that? I'm, this isn't funny. This is just a thing that I think there's yeah. something in this. Good. Is that we could eradicate pedophilia 
if we could invent a child sex robot. <laughs> I think it's been done. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, people don't just wake up wanting to fuck a kid, right? They, they, some really, really fucked up shit happened to somebody. Yeah. And so now they like to fuck children or babies or whatever. And if we could give them robot babies or kids to fuck, then they wouldn't perpetrate their crimes, and then it would be gone in a generation. Don't you think they should put me on reasons to be cheerful talking about that? <laughs> Guys, it's me! It's Sex a, robots! It's a hard thing to pitch as an advert, though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> or like, yeah, yeah, what do you do for a living? I make sex robots for Peter Faster. <laughs> no, it's good, I'm keeping them off I'm the street. I'm keeping them off the street, um, seriously. You should, be, you should be thanking me. I used to do a routine about, I've got very tiny hands, and I used to I do noticed, a, I didn't want to say anything. I did, I did a routine about being willing to wank people off from behind the curtain <laughs> and with a childish voice. And then, and then people would get upset, and I said, "I'm true. No, I'm out there trying to stop people. You're trying exactly. I'm getting my hands dirty. People what get are you doing? People so uncomfortable. People are judging me for, for, for trying, trying to solve to do the good. problem. I've noticed that your small hands, because I, I have always found as a lady who met her husband at 31, that, um, that. I always thought there was truth to the thing of the small hands and the small peen. Yeah. And my husband has smaller hands and a yeah. very mead peen. And I get really... I never want anyone to think I'd be with a small dick man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> I have a very tiny penis, so. I'm sure you don't. The same, same size. You know what? I did a comedy race. Oh, no, you talked to my wife about it, so yeah, you know, no, no, you I'm know the truth. About it. But I, I will say that I think only um, this. I did a comedy night recently, and this guy was on stage who I know has a big dick because I know like multiple people who have fucked him, and he did all this stuff about his small peen, and I was like, they only say that when they're packing. <laughs> so there's a little tip. So there you, you go. You <laughs> small dick fellas, and then they'll, all the girls will come Be back, like, and then small you go, dick, here you it say. is. Go, oh, and go, wait, I did say. Oh, You're you happy with that? And then uh, I go, yes, I am happy. And they should be, because size is not important. Read my book, Talking Cock. Available on Kindle. Um, good. We've all built a snowman, right? This is for kids, this question. We've all built... That's why it's phrased in this way. We've cool. all built a snowman, right? Right. But what's the most unusual thing or being that you've ever crafted out of snow? Uh, 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 I don't know if it's interesting, but an igloo. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because in Chicago, I'm from Chicago. It snows it's cold a lot up there. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you get a lot of snow, and I once made a little on a snow day. I made a little thing. Yeah. I went and said, and I was a bunny, like a little cutie. Yeah. Was it, was it a feasible, viable igloo? Or it... Oh yeah, no. It was like it's like one of the nice memories of my childhood is being in this igloo with made Julie of bricks Kutsky. or just piled up snow. Did you make bricks of ice? No, no, no. It was together? more like we made a big thing. Like you know, we made a like a thing. Yeah. A dome, yeah. a small dome, yeah. and then dug it out yeah. so we could sit in, and yeah. then we like ate a carrot, yeah. know, like a bunny. <laughs> it's like yeah, eating a snowman from the inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I did the same. I had the same. I, I built an igloo in my garden. It, was, it used to snow in the 70s. Is that real? Yeah. Well, it, I seem to. Maybe it's just because I lived in the countryside. We had massive snowstorms in... No. I lived in the Mendips, and there was with six-foot snow... Uh, two or three times when I was a child, and I've not seen six feet snow. Oh, two or three times in your child. Yeah, yeah. Well, in oh, the, right. In, in Chicago, it's like two or three times in a month. Yeah. Okay, fine. That makes my sense. Okay. Do you ever go to Warsaw, Indiana, when you lived in Chicago? No. Why are you asking? Because I went there on holiday. Oh. Why? <laughs> was it on the lake or something? It was it like a beach town? Well, there is a lake there. Uh, we went. It was the worst. Holiday. You, was this as an adult or a child? Yeah, this was recent. Well, re- re- relatively recently. Is my wife has relation has an auntie out there, 
And we went out to see, who's English, but she's moved to, moved to marry a couple of American men, as it's turned out, uh, who are both now dead. And one of them died while we were on that holiday. So uh, it was... We were, <laughs> I'm sure I must have talked about this before. But um, I've kind of... It, it's one of those things I'd really like to write a play about. Right. Um, but it's sort of, I have to wait till everyone's dead. And I don't know if I can quite remember it well enough. But basically, the first day we arrived on this holiday... And Warsaw, Indiana is not a nice place. It's like going on holiday to Slough. Right. It's like, go, it's like coming from America to go on holiday to Slough. Worse than that, because it's also full of... Uh, the, 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 as I'm sure I've definitely said this before, but it's full of the school uh, guard, the school fields, because right. it was closed, it was summertime, were covered in tiny little crosses. Each cross represented four fetuses that had been aborted cool. In, cool. in the county. And that really was cool. the school. That was by yeah. the playing field in the school. So it was a very right-wing place. Yeah. Uh, and I got there. We were in a motel. It was okay. And I sat down to read a book on the first day. And was, this was when Phoebe was a little girl. Uh, and I was thinking, oh, at least I've got a bit of holiday. The phone rang, it was down in reception. I had to go down to reception, and uh, my, w- my wife's aunt's husband, who was very ill, had fallen off the toilet, and they were saying, can you come with my brother-in-law to pick him up off the toilet, off the toilet floor? <laughs> and then we had to go to this house. It was a very, very... I can't talk about it too much. Why? Because, because she's still alive and she might listen to this. But it was an unusual house in lots of ways. And, and I'd sort of pictured this husband as being kind of an American chiselled man for some reason. And it was like a really hairy right. old man with his pants down yeah. who I'd never met before. Yeah. It was so like, get the, what, get like the bodybuilder in to lift him yeah. up. Oh, my God. So it was a very odd way to meet someone. I felt bad for him, but I didn't in the end pick him up. We just left him. <laughs> <laughs> because we weren't qualified to pick him up. And then we stood in the kitchen eating... Like some breakfast with like there's loads of cats in this house and one of them Oy had, and they were sneezing and had cat aids. <laughs> and there was this very gay friend of my my auntie in law who was making us food and just chatting as if nothing was happening and there was a man lying on the toilet floor next door until the medics arrived who could pick him up. Then he uh, then I met him again in hospital and then I saw his corpse. <laughs> And it was there, and no one... And that was it, like, we went in... I'm not sure we could put this out. It doesn't go out to America, right? We, we, they, they brought us up at breakfast, said, he's, uh, you know, he's died. And we said, oh, well, we're just having breakfast. We'll come to the, hosp- the hospital when we finish breakfast. And an hour later, an hour later, we walked in. They said, come in, come in. And, uh, you know, and with my daughter as well, come in, come in. We just walked into the room, and then he was, he was just lying on the bed... Dead. I'd never seen a corpse before. Why are they <laughs> and, and they were all just carrying on a conversation around him. And it was like literally mouth agape. It's a very exciting time for me. Yeah, this guy, this guy likes it. Might have, to, might have to cut it out. I'll talk to, I'm I'll talk to my daughter. Sweating. Do- yeah. That's my it was, favorite. It was just, oh, but I just thought from his perspective, that guy sort of. I, <laughs> I said hello to him when he was on the toilet floor. Went to meet him in hospital when he was sort of like, I'm nearly dead. Dead. (laughs) So it was a great holiday. We did spend a a, a day in Chicago. And I have to tell you, it was the most wonderful thing that's ever happened. (laughs) 
Because we've been eating at like chain restaurants in Warsaw. There was nowhere else to eat in in Czech. And then we went to like a really nice proper restaurant in Chicago. What was it called? Can't remember. It's really good steak. Uh, and we saw that Ruth Chris's. I can't remember. Fine. We saw this coffee bean thing, big silver coffee bean thing that's in Chicago. Oh yeah, the bean. Yeah. My brother is the sandwich king of Chicago. Is he? You know, like in a. I mean, weird that I brought up first because day off twice. That makes me seem weird. But like <laughs> the sausage king of Chicago. Anyone? Yeah. Oh. Sandwich king of Chicago. So is he? Mate, loaded. Is he your brother? Yeah, he makes a lot of money. Yeah, good. Uh, I'm always asking him how much he needs to make before yeah. I could just like be like, can I just have some? Like, I think that's an interesting question. Like, yeah. how much would you need to just make before if it was your brother, your sister, you'd be like, yeah, take two million. Yeah. I was like, if, you're, if you make 40 million, because he says he doesn't make that kind of money, but he has like a successful food truck thing going on. Yeah. And now there are three trucks and I'm very direct with money and he's my brother. So I know exactly how much he makes. And I'm like, you're doing very well. If this becomes like the next Chipotle, can I have like $3 million? Yeah. And my sister-in-law is like, it would, be, it would depend on how you spend it. That's what she said to me. <laughs> it would depend on how you spend it. <laughs> Just tell her you're going to spend it one way and then spend it the way you want to spend yeah. it. Yeah, like on education. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to have a lot of money to give my brother and sister any money. My brother and I are quite close. Yeah. I would give him... If I had 40 million, I would definitely give my brother 3 million. I mean, I'm close, but... I'm not no, not giving him any money. It would feel like they are, you know, that they then owed me something. I wouldn't want them to feel that pressure of them <laughs> knowing that they were... Actually, now I've put it like that. Maybe I will lend them. <laughs> get a few more subscriptions before we get there. Um... Uh, I enjoyed your appearance on Griefcast. It's, that's worth uh, listening to. It's a very moving, oh, very moving uh, podcast anyway. It's a brilliant podcast. She's very good. She's really good. But I like that you started off talking... Uh, I thought, mean, this it's is about making grief, me look terrible. But you started talking about farting. farting. Yeah, yeah, classic Sarah. Was... I like farting and sh- I like... Yeah. I find it funny. I think it's human. You know, there are two people, people who think farting is funny and people don't. And yeah. if you don't, like, then we're not for each other. Like, in any possible way. Not as friends, not as lovers. Like, fucking <laughs> farting is funny. If you're like... Stop it, then fuck off. Like, yeah. it's funny. And Cariad Lloyd, who hosts it, she and I were talking. She's like, yeah, farting is fucking hilarious. And we, that was how we began our grief talk. Yeah. It was good, but it's good for, again, when you're talking about something that sad, it's good to bring life and humor. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think it's good to hear women talk about farting. Yeah, I genuinely feel like a feminist angel gets its wings yeah. every time a woman is like, Farting. I like to, well, because... you talk about doing farts that are so bad they clear rooms. And oh, yeah, I cleared, that... I cleared a Starbucks in Midtown yeah. in, like, 2006, totally. Yeah. It was when I was, like, really dieting, and so it was, like, only sun-dried tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And I cleared a Starbucks. Yeah. I but mean, do you know I what? Do I don't think I spoke about it that openly before I was married. No. I think if I was still single, there'd be part of me about, like, anyone want to fuck me tonight? <laughs> Anybody? And then I might not have been so open. Yeah. Some people are into I that, think though. the feminist angels just lost their wings. Okay. <laughs> Possibly. It's a great podcast. You should listen to that podcast anyway. I also listen to you on Desert Island Dicks, which is a great name for oh, what a great, yeah. What a great idea for a podcast. Uh, and it is very good, but it's actually a very good idea for a podcast because yeah. what they do is just the worst, the worst things. The worst things. And it's actually very good. Yeah. I enjoyed, really you, idea. Talk, I enjoyed you slagging off Sean Lennon, which I'm happy you do again. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me that someone else. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I waited. You to... don't have to tell again. You can do if you want. Oh, oh 
Well, Thinking now I feel very uncomfortable yeah. because now it's like, no, Richard, they should hear it. So you guys, right? <laughs> like, that's the awkward situation. I'm well, I've got this sort of interesting... Well, it's just that it's interesting when you... Um, as you say, I think, I think it's interesting when you meet... You're waiting and you meet a, cele- you meet a celebrity who's actually just... A oh, yeah, prick. I love talking about, like, who's a cunt for yeah, waiting yeah. tables because I think, like, like, a thing that Jeff, my husband, says is that... So he now works with Ed Miliband. So he's often, like, going around town with Ed Miliband and they're... I mean, the number of people who treat, and not like, who treat Ed one way and Jeff another, because Ed Miliband is famous and Jeff isn't really, he said with love for his <laughs> career. Um, and it's fucking disgusting. I mean, that's the measure of a con. Like, yeah. that you're nice to someone because they're famous and someone else can t- just fuck off. And as a waiter, the insight that you get into celebrities is fabulous because there are people who are terrible. There are people who are lovely, but you can see the performance of humanity. <laughs> and then there are people who are just like, you're a great person. And I thought the nicest person I ever met, and she gets so much shit, is Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, because of goop, people make so much fun of her. But I waited on her a bunch of times over the course of five years, and I believe her to be the nicest celebrity <laughs> I ever encountered. The, one of the biggest cunts was um, Sean Lennon. So I didn't know who he was, and I was waiting tables, and it was an Italian restaurant. So it was like only Italian wines and Italian this and Italian that. And I went over to this table, and I was like, hi, how are you guys doing this evening? Um, was there anything to drink that I could start you off with? And this guy at the table turns to me, and he's like, yeah, 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 um, I, need, I need you to change the music. And I went, oh, unfortunately, we can't cater to every guest's whim, um, so I'm sorry, but if you don't like this one, there'll be something on soon. I mean, like, you have to fucking talk to someone like they're not just an asshole that they would say that. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, 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 I, I know my music. I'm asking you to change your music. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't fulfill that request. And my go-to line as a waiter was always preemptively, I'd be like, you need a manager. Like, I'd just say it straight away. I'd be yeah. like, you seem like a guy who needs a manager. So I got a manager, and I said something about it, and one of my friends was like, oh, you're going to have a feast on table 23. And I didn't understand what he was saying, and I later found out it was Sean Lennon, yeah. who then, through such a temper tantrum that the managers let him put his iPad on <laughs> so he could get through his meal. And then he's going, he's like, I want it. He's like, I want this. And I was like, we, own, we don't have that. It's an Italian restaurant. I have grappa for you or something. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want grappa. And I was like, I, I mean, so fucked. Yeah. Like a really fucked person where you're like, you were John Lennon's kid and you are off your face with what you think the world is, you know? I was in this weekend, I was in a restaurant this weekend and said, like, I can't work out how much of this is my fault. We had, we had like 50 minutes to have our meal um, before we were going to go to the cinema. And so we got and we said, we're in a bit of a rush, we'll order straight away. And we ordered and then it took quite a long time for the, we had, so should we have starters or should we just have the main right. course? We thought it's 50 minutes, we can pro- we're good at getting out of restaurants quick, but we'll be fine. And then... The starters arrived at about 20 minutes, and we ate them in about five minutes, and then it took about five minutes to clear them. I thought, we'll still be all right. We'll still, we'll yeah, still, yeah. Got, we'll still got half an hour. And then, and, uh, but we didn't then go at, you know, 15 minutes to go. But, like, right. five minutes to go, I went, can we get the... We probably need to get the, the bill, and is the food coming? And then it arrived just as we were getting off to leave. They showed it to us, and I said... Yeah, it's not. not Did we you can't preemptively really tell them that you only had fifty minutes? We t- I said at the beginning we were in a rush, but we didn't give it the amount of time. And then I'm I, not blaming you. Yeah. I'm just getting the full yeah, story yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, I often I said, "What well, you charge us whatever you want, but we can't we can't take that with us." How hostile were you in that moment? Not hostile at all. You're I'm, very nice. I mean, I felt bad. 
that we'd sort of Britishly so British. fucked up. Yeah, yeah that, very British. But that's quite bad. Like half an hour between the start and the main course is. Yeah, bad. I would have been pretty aggressive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think they need. He said, "Oh, we, you know, we, we, we said." We, I said, it's half an hour, though, between the start. That's, even if I'd not been any going anywhere, I'd been quite annoyed with half an hour. Yeah, between, that's insane. Because I'd have been hungry. Yeah. I was hungry. You, I had an apple. Hangry. I had an apple. Hangry. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad that. So I'm not as bad as Sean Lennon. No. I'm no. sure you're very... Have you ever embarrassed yourself in a restaurant that you're... Or has Katie ever said to you, how often does it happen when something's going on, maybe it's in a cinema and someone's looking at their phone or anything, where you would engage with someone... And it would become in any way heated, and your wife is like, "You need to calm down." Oh, no, that's not it, your vibe. That only happens at home between the two of us. Great, great. Out in public, I'm great. quite good. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. But sometimes, you know, but sometimes you do. You're having a bad day. I think that all those things with those stories. When you hear a story, story about someone, you kind of go, "They might just been having a terrible day." They might. I mean, doesn't. I mean, to be fair, I don't know why I'm trying to defend Sean. Lennon. But why do you think you are trying to defend him? I don't know. Because I listened to your story and I thought, what a prick. And now I'm trying to defend him. Because his dad died. I've, his dad died. I was, sad when died. He, I was sad when John Lennon died and he wasn't even my yeah, dad. Yeah, he wasn't even your dad. <laughs> I, think, I think that's fair. But I also think... Like, that's such an extreme situation. Like, to yeah. say I know music is very yeah. lunatic. If I was John Lennon's son, I wouldn't... I would, you don't say the word I would music. Have, I'd avoid to music. Say it. I would hate yeah. all music. You have music. to hate all music. I'd say, say, can you word. turn the music off? Because yeah. my I dad was John music. Lennon, and hearing music is reminding <laughs> me... That he was the please. greatest genius <laughs> yeah. of them all. Yeah. So it's insulting to me that you're playing music. That's what I would say. Yeah. Which would make me a good person, right? I insist everyone eats in silence. Actually, I might start doing that anyway, because I kind should. of hate music in restaurants. You do? I put up with it, yeah. I don't want to have music playing. I want to just have quiet. So you I do can, just want quiet. I want so quiet, just... just peace, and then I can talk to my wife if I can be bothered. If you can be bothered, Or right. watch something come my phone from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when my good video comes up on Twitter when I'm eating with my wife... you got to And then I've it. got the music, I've got to turn it right up. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a so great person. It. I'm a very good person. Hey, look, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of the evening, and it's been, uh, it's been lovely to talk to you. Uh, this is going to go out after Edinburgh. Are you doing Edinburgh? It's going out after? Yeah. Dude, why the fuck am I even here? <laughs> <sighs> Didn't think I'd mention that until later. But you'll be touring your Edinburgh <laughs> <laughs> it was such a pleasure that you asked me to be here. Um, that was my big plug, was going to be Edinburgh. Yeah. Well, maybe oh. Edinburgh 2020. What should I plug? My we, books that I already said were mediocre? Yeah, the books are good, but, well, the books look good. What else? I don't know. Like, you know, if you didn't like me, then I really respect your opinion, but if I seemed like maybe I was up your street in terms of stuff that you find funny, then, you know, come to some shit. Oh, oh, I have a thing. No. Can I just plug it to these people? Yeah, I don't yeah. know what to do anymore. Guys, in the room. Are any of you going... Hi. Are you guys going to Edinburgh? Okay. I'll be up there. I think I'll be medium. I think it's... No, I, I'll be really... Break my age will fucking kill me. No, I'll, I'm doing a show. It's at 8.30 at night. I'd really love if you came. But not if you were like, you know who I didn't like was that American woman? Because then it, you'll just hurt me if you come. So if you thought I was funny, please come. And also in this room, I'm doing a, um, a comedy night on the 4th of July, God bless, what? America. At Two North Down, and it's really fucking good. Like, I have, like, Lou Sanders, Sinduvi, and Rose Matafeo are all just there trying out new Pretty shit. Good. Are you shitting me that that's a lineup? Yes! <laughs> Six pounds, come to that, and then, um, 
follow me on Twitter and hope to see you in Edinburgh 2020. Hey, you people at home, you miss some good shit if you don't come and see these things live. Ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause. Sarah Barrow! Thank you very much. We're back here next week with Michael Steen and Ed Campbell. Still a few tickets up there left. And I'll be out in the uh, foyer in a minute. See you in a sec. Bye bye. How do you like them sky potatoes? (laughs) Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.